to those before us, to those amongst us, to those we'll see on the other side. Lord, let me not prove unworthy of my brothers. That is brought to us by Jack Carr. Strikers, how are you loving your brother and your neighbor? Let's see how some other brothers are doing that. Next on the Mighty Anvil. God, you are my smith. Forge me into the servant that you would have me be. Hit me hard enough to brush the scale of impurities from my life. Draw out my life to the length that you would have it. Make me tough enough to resist persecution and temper me so that I am hard enough to withstand my temptations. Lord, as I go through life, put me back in the fire from time to time to repair me as I get blemished from sin. And when my life is over and the fires of my life are all quenched, grant me a home with you in heaven. Amen. Amen. So the brushing this week, uh, we've got Alan back on the show. Hi. From his uh, add a wife to me uh, procedure. <laughs> it's very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> you look healthy with it, though. Yeah, thank you. It's thank good. you. You look healthy with it. <laughs> nice, healthy glow. <laughs> the other thing that I mentioned last week, I thought that this last week was the first week that we had uh, the first time ever with two guests, but that was not actually the case. It was the second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jorge and uh, Mr. Kachura joined us back in Solcon days. So, but now we're on the third round of the pairs here. Oh, wow. 3 a.m. phone call. And today is a 3 a.m. phone call. Yeah, so uh, we're on our second round of the 3 a.m. call on, uh, yeah, that was uh, Alan's, I love that. That was a great uh, title for this particular podcast on, uh, on what we're trying to do here. Today we have uh, someone who's been on the show with us before, um, and we have a new guest, uh, and and uh, both of these guys. So kind of the th- same thing as last week. These were a pair of brothers that gave me something that I wanted to model my brotherhood or, you know, my who's my three with. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> Kenny, he, you know, last week he said, uh, you need to raise your standards up. And I honestly <laughs> do not believe that. I know that he's joking because, uh, like he said, everybody wants a piece of, of Steve, Pastor Steve, because, you know, they model a they model a friendship that everybody wants. So uh, I, I didn't know you liked getting kicked in the nuts as much as you, if that's what you're trying to do with this. I mean, you know, sometimes absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, that that can go a little bit further with uh, another conversation. But you know, uh, one of the guys that we have here that hadn't been on the show before, uh, I I can honestly say that he's talked me off of a ledge multiple times, given me another perspective on you know how I'm walking something out. And that's really what it's all about. Um, he has saved me from hurting other people because there's a phone call I will never forget that I was steaming. And, uh, yeah, he was able to talk me down to the ledge and get me in a mindset to where I needed to be and to show the love that God wants me to show. So uh, with that, I can never repay you for the multiple times you've walked me off the ledge and pulled me back into that window. But uh, with that, Don Safer, welcome to the show. It's an honor to be here, man. Yeah, uh, I'm so thankful y'all are here. Um, and then the next person uh, so far holds the record of the uh, most listens to on the Mighty Anvil. It's <laughs> because I was the first. Yeah, it was because you were the first, but you know, hey, take it, take it. I, hey, <laughs> Chuck Phelps, welcome. Welcome back. Yeah. Thank you for having me back, guys. It's such an honor. 
Yeah, so uh, last week we uh, <clears throat> asked the brothers on, uh, you know, what was each other's core values because both of them had been on the show before and I was just uh, checking to see if they were listening. But uh, since y'all had the opportunity to listen to that and kind of prepare, I'm going to change those questions up a little bit today. Cool. What is the one thing about Don that nobody knows? Wow. The one thing about Don that no one knows. <laughs> and uh, while you're thinking on that, I'm going to give you the same question on about Chuck. What is the one thing that no one knows about Chuck, obviously, maybe his wife. The wives are going to probably be right. taken out of that. But other brothers, um, well, I guess we're telling a secret now. I don't want to go that far down. But You know, it's funny that you asked that question because one of my thoughts, um, just really rehashing uh, moments in time with Chuck that we've had. And I have said these exact words to my brother. No one's ever, in hmm. fact, this is the first time this has come out of my mouth. Only you and God know this. Like, not even my wife, who's around me, you know, all the time. Like, I'm sharing this with you. And I think you brought up a good point. There's a reason why that I share things that only God knows with my brother mm -hmm. and not even my wife you know and uh we don't want to let that one out right now well i was going to say <laughs> i see where you're going but i think some things are left better just unsaid when it comes to that like what's a you know what's what's the deepest darkest thing don's told you that no one knows right. about because those are the only things that i'm going to share you know any any other thing that i would share with chuck I would share with anybody else. I got you. Know? you. Yeah, um, I think that's I think that's very valid in in the the trust process. You know what I mean? Um, if he's if there's only going to be, and that's that's why you got to have a brother because there's you know I always go back to you know what we've been taught about about a brotherhood and and <clears throat> there are things that that a man gets from another man that he can't get from a from a from his wife and uh you got to have this that this that male bonding it's that sharpening and stuff that we have and you got to have that if you don't have that what happens to men is that they they think that it's in their if they don't have the, a brother or a best friend in their life they think that they're supposed to get that from their wife and she's not god didn't make her for that right she's she's the helper she's the confidant she's 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 everything there but she there's things that you can't you got to get from a brother kenny kenny talked about it last week with david and jonathan right but so if you don't have that then men go outside they they, they think it's her it's not her because god didn't make her that way so if it ain't her maybe it's another one of her you know what i mean maybe it's another she mm. and that's where men start to drift as they go there or they go and then they or they go to drinking or drugs or work all the time or whatever it is because they're trying to find they're trying to fill this hole so that they can bond with a brother and they don't realize that you know too, too many times men think that transparency is weakness and transparency is one of the greatest strengths because if i can't if i if i can't see exactly what he is and who he is then how can i sharpen him I can only sharpen the, the avatar up to that point. So 
when I, I love my, my friend Shane Gilmore, shout out to him on this. He, he had a phrase called Nana, naked and not afraid, right? <laughs> and that's the way it is when you, when you bond with a brother. You know, you got to have that. So um, sharing those things uh, that only is between him and me and God, um, yeah, that, that's, that's the sacred bond there. That's what forges that deeper brotherhood, I think. Let me, let me change up the question then. Where is uh, Don from, his hometown? Uh, Don was born here in Texas, and I, far back that I know, he's from Vider. Right. Vider, Texas. Yeah. Yes. Where's Vider, Texas? Oh, it's uh, something to be very proud of, um, <laughs> especially in these, these times, and I say that jokingly. Um, Vider is near – it's – 10 miles from Beaumont, Texas. Okay. If you follow Interstate 10 um, into Louisiana, Vider is the last, about the last city you're going to run into. Um, Vider has a reputation for racism. Um, it's very and, diverse. And, and, and I am not a, a racist in any means. Uh, I was not raised that way. Um, I lived there 12 years of my life, though. So I just have to throw that caveat Um because if people that know Vider, they're like, oh, you know. So. Same question to you. What about Chuck? Where is he from? De Leon. Or <laughs> De Leon. There you go. De Leon. De Leon. De Leon. Yes. Yeah. Right on. Okay, I think y'all pass the test. Yes. <laughs> yes. Alan, you want to. So what did you guys see in each other that, you know, made you go, I need this guy in my life. Not, not, not just as a friend, but I need him as more than a friend, a brother. You know, um, I'll, me and Chuck met, um, and I, I believe it was a Saturday. Uh, there was an event. Maybe it might have been a men's breakfast. Mm-hmm. Might've, there was something going on at the church, and I'm walking in the parking lot, and I say something. Like, I see Chuck. Hey, how you doing? You know, it's like, who doesn't know Chuck that goes to the church Chuck <laughs> goes to? You know, like, right. yeah. one— even if he wasn't an armor bearer, it's like, he's tall. You can't, you know, you would see Chuck. Stands above um, the rest. So, a little bit of small talk. And I say something about uh, prophecy, you know. And we kind of, you know, back and forth. Just a few minutes. Just a casual conversation as we're walking into the building. And that's just that one little thing is what opened the door because we found a common, which I didn't know at that time, mm-hmm. a common interest, you know, um, with just Bible prophecy. And that's what turned into this blossoming, you know, like, hey, David Jeremiah, I bought you this book. I'm like, oh, man, I, was, I heard about that. I wanted to read that book. So that's how it started. Uh, and it's funny that, as I say that, what do I bring Chuck today? A book. book, yeah, <laughs> like connecting the dots. Like, didn't even yeah. think about that when I was buying it. But that's how our friendship uh, blossomed. Was that right there with just a common, like, hey, I enjoy reading about prophecy in the Bible, mm-hmm. and so, and that was just a conversation point that you know led to what we have today. So, yeah, but, I think, I think that uh, in that you know in the beginning of it, it wasn't it wasn't like the aha moment that oh I got to have this guy in my life. Yeah, it was, it was. A gradual process. We started talking about that. That was something that led to something else that we found that we had had interest in that led to something else. 
And eventually, it got to where we were talking, and you know, often, very often. And then it got to where we were talking, you know, every day, you know. And then it was just one of those deals where I, I realized, hey man, I, I gotta have, I gotta keep this guy close to me. You know, I, he's he's a he's a champion. He's he's got integrity. He's got he. I mean, core values for him are family, honor, and integrity. You know what I mean? And so if he's got that, that's the man I need to have in my life. And the more time that we spent together, the more, the more that it just continued to grow, like Don said. And I don't, I don't know, I don't, I can't tell you where the, the pivoting moment is in that, but I can tell you there was a moment that came that says in my, in my mind that I'm better with him than I am without him in my life. What was that point? I just, it, I don't, I couldn't, I can't oh, okay. pinpoint it. I just, the growth is like, I can't, I can't not have him in my life anymore. You know what I mean? There's no, no way. I mean, the guys talked about it last week, but, but also it's just, a, it's, there's a turning point that comes where you can't imagine that person not being in your life, you know? And, and that's the way I, I can't, I don't, at least for me, it's not it's it's not a, a click thing. It's a growth thing, you know. And it and it just you grow into it. I, I feel like sometimes we when we talk about the three, you know, we have guys that say, "Hey, will, will you be one of my three? I go, "I don't know." They look at me like, "What?" <laughs> right. I'm like, "I don't know." I mean, I don't, we got to spend some time together. We got to figure out if this is going to work, and and that's how it grows. It's or it's an organic growth process mm-hmm. that becomes a best friend and a brother. And if you don't do that, then it's it's all superficial. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that it is not a uh, hey yeah uh, that moment. It's it's a couple of years maybe. I think you've uh, described it as uh, playing baseball and how you've gotten from home plate and hitting it and then running to first, second, and third. Right. Not quite the uh, same home. Uh, I'll, I'll use that story here in a little bit. Okay. Because I cheated and looked forward on the yeah. question. So. <laughs> You know, Don, I'm going to go back because uh, I, I have a tendency to uh, skip over things. But uh, your core values, we it's important to the show. And so what is uh, what are your top three? Family, honor, and integrity. Boom, I think you're batting 66% there, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Yeah. And uh, uh, family, explain that one a little bit. Well, you know what? When you think about, you know, just go, I'm going to biblically explain that. The Bible starts out, it's Adam. Then God brings Eve, and they start a family. That's how important family is. That's one of the, you know, right after creating man and woman, the first thing they did was create a family. And I think that's very important in God's eyes. And if that's important in God's eyes, it should be important in mine. And uh, I think... Family is one of the things that uh, why we have so many problems in our society today. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of single moms. Um, you have men not owning up to being men, and uh, it just it tears apart the family unit. And I, I think everything that we see going on around us can most likely point to there's some type of breakdown in the family unit. Um, so it's important. And probably because you know? of the man. Yeah. Yeah, probably. A- abs- absolutely. Regardless. Right. You are the head of the household. Biblically, you are the priest. You are the leader of your family. And when you 
subjugate your role to your wife or something else, like you will reap the consequences of that. And it's important, you know, and it's not it's it's important to get it right. And I don't have it all right, but I try. We're working towards it, right? A- absolutely, you yeah. know. Absolutely. You know, I, I add to that, you know, the the part where Don's talking about the the head of the household that you know want to make sure guys don't start beating their chest and, and thinking that, that <laughs> right. you know, it's in a domineering way. It, <clears throat> I mean, the, the Bible says that, you know, that we're, we're to love her like Christ loved the church, which was sacrificial, which was, you know, he gave his life, you know. So before guys that are listening, for the strikers that are hearing this and listening to it, you know, before you go pounding your chest and and throwing on your best King Kong, realize it's it's a tougher it's a, that's a tougher deal ask of you than it is of her. You know what I mean? You because could become a, a eunuch real quick in my house <laughs> if, if, if I started doing that. Yeah, no, uh, we don't want that to happen. <clears throat> Absolutely. What is God working on both of you in this season? Mm, this is this is an interesting season um, because. You know, for, I mean, we've, Don's launching a new business. I'm making a transition into, you know, from from business back into kind of employee working for somebody. And so our, our connection isn't as much as it was. But, I mean, at one time we worked together, you know, and, and so we get to talk every day. Uh, and before that we were talking almost every day anyway. But in this season, as he's as he's gone through all of his studying and, and testing and everything that he does to launch his launch his new home inspection business, um, that that's eat up a lot of time. You know what I mean? And for me, making this transition out of what I was doing into a kind of the employee of home building, um, that's eat, that eats up a lot of time. And so, um, you know, when you have when you have family as your as your top core value, then sometimes. You know, sometimes we don't get to connect as much as we used to, okay? But it doesn't change doesn't change the, the relationship or anything like that. So I think for me, what he's working on is, all right, man, I know you're busy, but you better be a little more intentional, you know, uh, because you're not, getting to, you're not getting to connect as often. So you need to, you need to connect on, you know, more meat. In the yeah, the, the low-hanging fruit, it's been eaten. Yeah, you know, all around the tree, that's all gone. Like it's way up there now. Right. Like you got to be intentional. You got to climb up in that tree and grab some of it. You know, um, I, I've said this uh, because it has, and I'll be honest, it has been a big struggle for me. Um, when you you you're in touch with your brother, you know, pretty much every day, and then you have a pivot and you're not doing that it is a a new season that you're in and uh you always want to try to go back to well you know what i enjoy fall i want to go back to fall but it's like you can't do that winter is here you got to live in winter and get through winter and then you know fall will come back around another time i i think in in just in our relationship right now in the season that we're in I've, I've said this, uh, and, and I mean it, time, no place, like nothing, nothing can take away what I have with Chuck. Mm-hmm. Nothing. 
because it's all in my like everything I have is in my mind. Every moment, every struggle, every uh, happy time, every great thing that's happened, it's all right here with me. So I may not be able to talk to Chuck as much as I would like to, but you know what? I still have Chuck with me. Mm. And this is the test. This is the test of friendship. Like I, this is what I tell myself. Do you love your brother? Because you're being tested with that because you can't see him like you used to. So do you really love him? And I have to ask myself that. And it's like, absolutely. Because you can, well, like Chuck didn't call me or he didn't return my call or this. And that you can let that get in your head Mm -hmm. and set, like put a wedge or you can go, you know what? That man's busy. Like he's in a new season right now. Quit putting the bar of what it used to be and trying to bring that over into this new season and go, hey, you're not hitting the bar that it used to be. And I don't like that. It's like, no, you know what? The bar has been reset. Like you need to reset your expectations and still love your brother no matter, you know, winter, you know, summer, spring, fall. Like at all times. In the good times, in adversity, in, you know, new seasons, or I'm doing this, you know, business venture now. Like, because if I let things like that interfere with the relationship I have with Chuck, what kind of relationship did we have? Mm-hmm. You know? That's right. So both so. of y'all had mentioned um, discussing <clears throat> intentionality. What does that look like for both of you to get through the seasons to the next uh, fall that you were you were looking forward to or what what you wanted to go back to what's the intentionality look like to get to that point to the, that season well I think it's the I think it's the process of and again it, each of us are busy but it is the process of uh, hey I got a call you know and I know probably all of you guys get this automatically I can't talk right now I'm on the other phone you know I'll call you back and making sure that, yeah, I do call him back, you know what I mean, and get back in touch with him. Sometimes I fail at that, you know what I mean? Sometimes I'm not as good at that, you know, because there's, you know, 75 different things going on and, you know, 200 phone calls that day. And so, but to, to make sure that I go, okay, you, you messed up here, you know, give him a, call him back, give him a call back the next day. Or, or whatever, and say, hey, brother, I'm sorry I missed your call the other day. I was calling you back now. I hope you weren't bleeding in a ditch, you know, <laughs> because that would have been a bad deal. Right. I got yeah. that I got that uh, answer the other day. Uh, uh, Brian called me, and uh, I didn't answer it. I was on, <clears> in a call, and I called back an hour and a half. He goes, good thing I wasn't laying in a ditch dying. I'm like, man, I'm calling you back now. I mean, you don't bleed out that fast. Yeah. Yeah. I, sent, I sent that text to Bill Smith the other day when he didn't answer. I'm like, Bill. <laughs> Bill, I'm, I'm here in the ditch, bleeding. Can you help me? Yeah, I, I have almost, uh, and I, I, I haven't, but like, it's okay. I, I got Bell, man. That's That's why you better have three, man. You right. better have three. Right. But, uh, and like I always say, you better have six because it takes you six to carry out. You take six to carry you out of this world. So hmm. you'd have to then, Scott, I? what was your question again? Now, because <laughs> I, I, I had a thought and intentionality. Just gone, the yeah. intentionality. What's that look like, and how does that get you through uh, the winter season back to fall or spring? You know what? Um, 
what I'm, I'm learning in this season for myself is me. I need to be intentional. Don't put the weight of that on your friend. Mm-hmm. Put it on yourself. Mm-hmm. That's good. So, so when I call... And, and and dude, don't don't be calling me all the time now because I'm saying all this because I look at this, I embrace this. This is my test with Chuck, and I embrace this test. Do I like it? No, it's hard. It frustrates me sometimes. It makes me think. Well, did like where? What happened to our friendship? I can look at it like that and go. You know, and let it steer me that way or go, no, this is a test, man. Embrace this. The time you get with your brother, now it means so much more. Because you don't know when that next time is going to be. You know, we have some different dynamics going on in both of our lives. So embrace that. Don't let it destroy your friendship. Let it strengthen it. Yeah, and that's really up to you. I mean, that's up to the individual because if you let, if you give you know, foothold to that, then it will, it will drop a wedge. It's the weeds, you know, it's the weeds that choke out the, the, the seed that gets sown. You know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, it, it is, it is on each, each of us. Cause I can't really, I mean, I love Don, but I can't do anything about the way he thinks. Right. Right. You know, all I can do is you know, think better my, myself, act better myself. And hopefully that influences him that way too. But, the, the thing, too, is this. I, I know this. Like I said earlier, I can't imagine him not being in my life. So I know that we're, we don't connect as much, but I know that we're going to connect more in the future because I know the cycle's going to come back around where he, you know I'm settled in to what I'm doing and he's going to be settled into what he's doing. Both of us will have a lot of drive time, so we'll be able to connect that way uh, as well. So it is... Uh, just knowing that it's going to get better, it's going the connection is going to come back because there's a season for everything. How did you define brotherhood? Brotherhood is, um, you know, the the scripture says that, um, you know, brothers born for adversity, right? And um, brotherhood's only forged in tough times. I mean, this is not a. I mean, this is a awkward season for us, but it's not a. It's not one of those. It's not one of those. Um, you know, tough, really tough times. This is just a inconvenient times for for us. It's tough because what makes it what makes it tough is that it's as Don said, it's not what we're used to, so it helps us that way. But if you don't walk through some tough things with somebody. You know, and and, and fin- finished it because we were we were connecting this week about about a few things, and I mean, tell tell Alan and Scott what you were saying about forging what brotherhood where brotherhood so, comes. <clears throat> I, I this is just what I believe. Um, the only way you're going to get to a true brotherhood, and I and look, you can relate this spiritually. You could relate it to, you know, worldly. However, it's all the same. The fundamental is the same. You got to do hard miles. If you don't do hard miles, you ain't in a brotherhood. I'm sorry. Like the first brotherhood that I was ever introduced to was the Marine Corps. And you know what? Every Marine, you know what hard mile every Marine starts out with? 
boot camp. They earn that Eagle Globe and Anchor. They earn it. And I truly believe you got to earn your brotherhood. And how do you earn it? You got to do hard miles. Because if you just, I mean, think about this. If you just, I'm going to skip boot camp and I'm just going to put on some dress blues and go out there and start, you know, being a Marine all over the world. Really? No, you're not. You're not even a Marine. You didn't go through the forging process to be a Marine. I think the same goes with the Brotherhood. This is why friendships fall apart. Like right now, we're we're being forged. Mm. Our Brotherhood right now, it's on the anvil. Literally today right and on. in reality. <laughs> like it is being pounded out. Like, hey, you know what? And these and the things that I, I say that I'm frustrated, that's impurities in the metal. Boom. Right. Boom. And I got like that's gotta be pounded out of me. And I, I I I'm learning to just embrace that. Don't be so frustrated with it. And <clears throat> this is a hard at least for me right now, this is a hard mile because it's a new season. Now this is not something like this could be life changing. I could say, you know what, Chuck, you don't ever have time for me, brother. I don't think we were ever friends, and I just walk away. <laughs> that could be life. You know what? I that there's no. I know good. where he, I know where he lives. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he'd get a knock on the door. It, it wouldn't. <laughs> I, I know that that would change my life for the worse. Because when your wife says you should call Chuck on that, <laughs> like, because she knows. This is, you know, we haven't gone there. But this is a benefit of having a godly man that is your brother in your life. Because you can have friends that aren't godly, and there is a difference. Because they're on a different path than you. Mm -hmm. They may give you a lot of great worldly wisdom, but they ain't going to give you no spiritual wisdom. They're not on that path with you. Well, you had had mentioned uh, uh, the Marine Anchor. I'm going to take this moment to... uh, give a spot for our uh, sponsor so uh, be- marine corps <laughs> <laughs> hey if we can get them uh, that'd be great but uh now let's look at uh, what anchor fm has to offer so talking about uh your brother being there for you i'm trying to lead y'all somewhere i don't know if this is something that y'all want but th- there's a story that i've always appreciated that you've told about a phone call. Yeah. I was wondering if you would, uh, if, if that's something that we can do on the air. Absolutely. Right. <clears throat> Absolutely. <laughs> now, there's been many phone calls. All right. I mean, there's been phone calls where we're, where we're talking, and and this is the part where you said, hey, I saw that as a friendship that I want. I'm like, man, I don't know you wanted this, because there's there's been a couple times where <clears throat> we're on the phone, and we're talking about something, and, and I, I'll, I'll just... Donald have a Donald have one about me, but I'll give you one about him. But where he was going to make a decision about something that he shouldn't make that decision. Basically, he was throwing his hands up, and I said, "And I'm driving, I'm listening to him, and as I'm driving, I'm getting madder, and I'm getting madder and madder." And finally, I said, "All right, that's it." And I'm hitting my steering wheel. I go, that didn't work for me. Okay, you're not thinking right. You need, and I, I got some colorful adjectives that go into this as well. And I said, "You." I can't, I can't even say it, man. I can't say what I said. But I'm pounding on my steering wheel, telling him, that doesn't work for me. And if we're in this together, it doesn't work for me that you're thinking that way. So get, get your freaking head straight on this. 
See, that's the kind of relationship that you like. Oh, I want that. Yeah, that's the nut kick right there. Mm-hmm. But so I was uh, years ago. I, w- I renovated hotels all over the country, and we had I'd been in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I was headed to Cincinnati. And on my way from Cincinnati home, I, I called Don. We were talking, and he said he'd come across a new book. And I think the book was called Brothers, right? Was it called Brothers or some, something right. dealing with brotherhood? But I think it was called Brothers. And he talk, and you alluded to it earlier. He talks about brotherhood being like a baseball diamond. You know, relationships, not brotherhood. Relationships being like baseball diamond. First base is acquaintance, second base is friendship, third base is brotherhood. Coming home is what we're trying to get to, right? And uh, I said, well, where do you think we're at? He said, I think we're third base. I said, okay. I said, I, I agree with that. I said, let me ask you a question. What would I have to do to, for you to move me from third to second? And he said, there ain't nothing. There's nothing that you would do. And I said, all right, I need to tell you something. He said, okay. I said, last night in Chattanooga, I was in the hotel. I got a knock on the door. She was pretty She was pretty hot. I had an affair on my wife. And it was like a minute of silence on the phone. I mean, so much so that I said, hey, man, you there? He's like, yeah, I'm here. I said, did you hear what I said? He goes, yeah. I said, what do you think about that? About another minute of silence. And then he just lays into me about man I said he goes you got to tell your wife I go you out of your mind I mean she's never gonna know about this, this is a one-off deal man it's not you know and he's like no Chuck listen it's gonna eat you. and he starts pounding on his steering wheel I can't tell. but you, this is gonna eat you up you can't do this you're a godly man you got to repent for this I mean he's going off and off on me right and I let him go for about two minutes just I mean, I don't, I've never heard anybody talk that long without taking a breath and just railing on me about it you know and I said, Don, Don. He said, what? I said, I didn't do that. <laughs> and then there was about another minute of silence. <laughs> you know? What the? <laughs> but it's the, you know, it's the test, right? You want to, I mean, how would you go 20 years with somebody never having any tests? And when the test shows up, then you go, ah, I'm out, brother. Hmm. But I asked him, I said, uh, and I, I remember, if I die of Alzheimer's, I'll remember this, man. He said, uh, I said, why did you take so long to answer me? And he said, I knew the next thing that I said was going to drive the direction of our relationship. Wow. And I needed to make sure I answered correctly. I say, wow. Uh, those are the conversations, you know, my, my stories weren't made up, but, you know. Uh, that's the wisdom that's come over on the other side of the phone that's helped me out. So mm. I apologize for the wow that that didn't mean to say that, but you know what I meant. No, hey, no, it's I, I got I got an interlude because this was my prayer into my head that's starting <laughs> to get big. God, God's just using me. I'm a broken man, just like any other man out there. You know, I don't have it all together, and uh, that's just God. You know, coming through me to give a word. It was, uh, it was good. It was. You know, I'm, I'm glad it was. I'm glad it was a fake test I put him through on that, you know. But I'm glad to see the compassion and the love that he had for me in that moment. Because, like I said, I'll never forget that. That you know, I knew the next thing I said was going to forge our relationship. Hmm. You know, I needed to forge it in the right direction. It's amazing what a sentence can do. It's powerful. 
Good stuff. What about you? For him? For Chuck? Mm hmm. You know, um, I'll, I'll just, you know, real transparency. Chuck is a lot taller than me. A lot taller. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up the transparency there. <laughs> his his stature is. Uh, I'm letting you into the craziness in my in my mind here. Uh, his stature, you know, he's a big guy, and uh, I'm uh, a big guy, but not in that way. I, I am, you know, more this way. Chuck's vertical. I'm horizontal. <laughs> so, <clears throat> anyway, um, it has. When you, when you just in the physical, when you have a, a brother in your life like that, mentally, for me, it's like, how do you correct that? How do you speak to that? And I'm, and I'm, I'm saying that through the flesh right now. Spiritually, it's like, he's just as broken as me. Like the tall guy, you get in a fight with him, kick him in his <clears throat> knees. He'll he'll go down, punch him in the nuts. He'll go down. Roadhouse. Like like we're all men, you know. We're all the same. Some bigger, some you know, not not as tall, uh, but we're all the same. We all bleed the same, you know. We all long, at least the men in this room, for God. And uh, it took me a while to to be able to like how how do I overcome that, you know. Because I, and, and if I don't, like, why would I not say something to my brother who's out of line? And I think one of the best things that Chuck has taught me as a friend, you're better than that. Hmm. Like, we have both used that in conversations before. It's like, I'm going to let you speak. Okay, I hear that. But you know what, brother, you're better than that, man. You're better than that, and you got to quit acting like that, or you got to quit saying that, or you got to quit thinking like that. And that's, you know, for me, that was a to. Uh, I, I'm going to just rewind a little bit here to show how I was at that place, especially when we first met. This is the guy who started serving in the parking lot at Elevate Life Church. And I was broken. The world beat me up. And I uh, did not have a very healthy self-image of myself. And Jeff Stallnacker, uh, those that went to Celebration Covenant Church at that time would know him. He would encourage me to go introduce myself to strangers in the parking lot that I didn't know. And just, hey, welcome to Elevate Life Church. Just that simple. Mm -hmm. But when you're so broken and beat up, like, I couldn't do that. Like, Jeff, like, I was serving in the parking lot. We'd be done serving, and Jeff's like, did you introduce yourself to some people? I'd, like, hang my head down, like, no, you know, <laughs> like a kid. But I say that because you see how that carried, I brought that into this great friendship that I had now. That's how it started out, right there. And, you know, some of this, I mean, Chuck knows these stories, but he's maybe never correlated them to this right here. So when you have that image of yourself, how are you going to speak into this man who looks larger than life, that looks like he should be in the NBA, 
and you see yourself as a grasshopper, basically, you know. If you don't know that reference, read your Bible. Um, so it took me a while to, and I'm just rambling on here, it took me a while to to build myself up, and as I built myself up, it allowed me to speak into my brother's life. And I think since we're talking about brotherhood, no matter how broken you are or messed up you are, stay in your process because a healthy you is going to benefit your brother tenfold. Absolutely. And when you become unhealthy, guess what? You're bringing that to your brother. So we should all strive to be better. Mm, that's good. So I'll tag that real quick. <clears throat> that's a great point because the more the more healthy you are, the less burden it is. I mean, as I say, it's less burden it is on me. You know what I mean? Because not only do I deal with all my funk, but now you're bringing you're bringing some funk into that that I get to deal with too. So the less that you bring, the healthier that the relationship is in the deal. And and you know, if if you're, I, I learned a, I learned a, a phrase a long time ago that I think is a wonderful phrase, and it says, "Plain talk doesn't spoil friendships." Right? If I know his heart for me and he knows my heart for him. You know, then I can pound on the steering wheel because it's not from it's not because I'm abusing him or ridiculing him. It's because I love him and I want him to be better. That 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 sentence, "You're better than that," is a great centering, bringing you back to center quite, uh, statement for me. When he says that to me, when I'm acting like an idiot, you know, it's a great recentering for me. It, it's like just like that. Hey, brother, you're better than that. Now I realize, you know what? I'm bringing crap to him that he's got to try to turn into something great. And I'm better than that. So, I mean, it's a great centering, recentering statement. Chuck, well, you and I have had conversations before uh, due to, you know, the, the question. I've been at, at ELC for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we are taught there are who are your three? Right. And for the longest time, I might have one for a small season, then I don't have any, and then I have one more. And I finally have one for the longest period of time in in Brian. Mm -hmm. Um, And I will say it again, podcast after podcast, the one sentence that got me to know that he was my brother was, we'll get through this together. It wasn't like, hey, man, I'll help help you figure it out. It was we, the we thing, and I knew right then. But where I was going with this question is, uh, you know, I, we, you and I had a conversation one time and it was like, well, why can't I find my three? And, you know, I see you guys and everybody else that we're talking about bringing on the podcast and talking brotherhood. And you said there's a difference between perspective and reality. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you could expand on that and what your thoughts were on that. Okay. So, um, you know, I always have a movie playing in my head when somebody's talking so I can pull a movie pretty quick. So <clears throat> in our conversation, when I hear you say that, even today, when I hear you say that, it brings back to me a scene out of Band of Brothers, okay, where um, where uh, First Sergeant Lipton is talking to um, one of the captains, or I guess he's a lieutenant at the time, lieutenant, and he's telling them, you know, um, all these things, and the lieutenant tells him back, well, the men have always had this, you know, this leader, 
and, it, and, and he's looking at him and he's like, you don't know who it is, do you? He goes, it's you, First Sergeant. You've been the leader of these men this whole time, right? I correlate that to, Scott, you think you only got one, but you got a whole bunch. You're just not seeing them yet. It, they're, they're there. Oh, they're, yeah. they're, 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 they're in this room. You know what I mean? You just you just don't recognize it yet. Mm. Okay. I, I would push back on that, and I know mm. I know I know that I recognize it, but yeah, I guess it's the perspective on, right. on where I'm looking at. So, um, so in that in that with the perspective, um, you know, I I think I I ask you, what do you what do you think we do? You know what I mean? And you know, I think you had a perspective of man that we were getting together for lunches or dinners or stuff like that, and I said, Scott. I mean, for Don and I, for Kenny and I, for for Bill and I, you know, I mean, no, we we all have families. You know what I mean? And so uh, I talked to Don, you know, I talked to Don and I talked to Bill more than I talked to Kenny. But I see Kenny more than I see those two because our wives are connected, right? And so the the reality is, is our connection comes through miles driving talking on the phone sitting in the you know doing that that's the connect that even though i'm not sitting across the table breaking bread from with my brother doesn't mean we're not connecting it doesn't mean that we're not working through things right it and i think sometimes the reality that guys have is that man i gotta i gotta sit down man and we gotta look eye to eye no no you gotta connect you know in whatever way that that is um you know, and I, I, you know, face to face is best. You know, phone is phone is less best. That's a bad way of saying <laughs> less it. Best. Less best. Less <laughs> best. Right. You know, you know, text. You know, but you got to, You know, if if he can hear my voice speaking to his spirit, and I can hear his voice speaking to my spirit, then I know that we're that our relationship continues to grow that way, and I know that. But yes, best if we can sit down and I can speak from my heart through my eyes, through his eyes, through his heart. Okay. But I'd rather have more, you know, often the conversations because man, if I, if I only waited to unload on him when I see him, oh man, that's a dump truck. You know, he, he's, he's, he's like, oh, we're getting together. Let me get out the hazmat suit, the oxygen tanks here and stuff, because he's going to unload some stuff. No, man, we can, we can forge. We can, we can sharpen each other and handle each other over the phone. And that's, a, that's, a, that's as good, that's as a great a connection to, to sharpening as, as anything else is. It's, you you got to understand that, that the connection is the time spent whether it's on the phone or whether it's in person or, you know, that that's the deal. Not just, you know, I can't find the three because we go to dinner every night. You're not going to. Right. Or if you do, you're not going to stay married. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. In regards to uh, who's your three, and you've got uh, Paul, Barnabas, and Timothy. Don, can you tell me a story of one of those where he has fit in? I know that we've talked about this last week about – when we're in a relationship with a brother that we actually fill all three of those roles, whereas there was a perception that we needed an individual person for each of those roles, and that's not necessarily the case. I mean, that's something we, we would like to have as well. But can you tell a story in regards to which one has he made more of an impact on you? 
before you do, just, just I, I like. I want to clarify this part of it. Okay, I think you need three of those. Gotcha. I think you need a spiritual father. I mean, you need a Paul. Okay, I think you need somebody that you're pouring into. Okay, a mentor that you're mentoring, and I think you need a trusted friend. But inside the trusted friend, because I'm not a spiritual father. Okay, uh, at least not in my eyes, right? But inside the trusted friend part is what you're talking about. Yeah, the Paul that that you got to have those three. I mean, those are three staples, and then inside that, we get Paul Barnabas and Timothy again, and we get to work. We get to work through that. So go ahead. Um, you know it, it's because uh, in one conversation, we can, at least the way I see it, you can be all three. Absolutely. And just in one conversation, you're never just one. You're never just the Paul. You're never just the Timothy, and you're never just the Barnabas. Now, there might be something where you you have some great insight on, and I would say that's a Paul moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, as far as an example of each one of those, and I, I'm trying to kind of because we're in a different season. We're not Kenny and Steve. Um, you know, at this season in my life, uh, there's just a lot of different dynamics. You know, used to it was, you know, I could, I could be in the same room in the same building, you know, a, a church building, and go, "There's my brother Chuck," um, and that was an easy, low-hanging fruit touch point. Um, hmm. Now, you know, I, I, I don't attend ELC anymore. Um, but I, I don't, this podcast is not about that. Uh, I'm at a different church right now and that this is just part of the different season. Um, and right now I would say when I call Chuck, um, to speak, a lot of it is cause I, I, I've always seen Chuck more of a Paul in my life. And with that, though, that's not fair because Chuck is just like me. Mm -hmm. And as we go down the road, that gets skewed. It's like, dude, you need to say something about that. You know, like there's some of this stuff is hard to talk about um, because it's not public knowledge. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. Like it is it's private conversations that we have. Um, where it's like, dude, you shouldn't think like that. And I don't think, uh, you know, I, I, I'm beating around the bush here. No, I would, I would say, you know, he's absolutely right. There's the, it, within, within a, within a brotherhood relationship, there's always going to be times where he's got insight that I don't have. And there's always going to be times where I have insight that he doesn't have. Okay. There's, there's always, you know, there's times when he's Timothy and I'm Paul and there's times when he's Paul and I'm Timothy. You know what I mean? We're always Barnabas. You know what I mean? Cause it fits inside that, that it's a sub three of the, of the Barnabas three. It, but that is always, I mean, it, it's just, it's the sharpening, you know, iron is sharpening iron and it's going against one another. And so there are times where, where he's got knowledge on things. He's got experiences on things. He's got God, 
God-given insight on things that I don't have, that he that he's mentoring me, Don's leading me in those in those things, and vice versa. So, um, you know, I, I I don't I don't think you can totally if if you're in a brotherhood relationship, I don't think you can totally I don't think you can segment those. You don't, you can't compartmentalize those because it depends on the situation, it depends on the conversation, how that how that all comes out, you know, because. You know, he's he's told me many times, you're an idiot for thinking that way. You know, that's that's not the way it should go. You know better than that. You know, uh, one thing that comes to mind, like I went through Chapter 13 bankruptcy a while back, you know, and that's five years of hell. And um, there were some rough times, you know, uh, because when you're in a Chapter 13 bankruptcy, uh, the the trustee uh, is like, give me your money. You got extra money, you give that to me. You need to, you know, you have a scheduled payment that you're making. Um, one of the hardest financially things that I, I had been through. And there there have been some times that in that process where Chuck has pulled me from the fire in that. That's one of those, that was one, that was that pounding the steering wheel story. Right. And, and you know that that's a, a Paul moment there. And with that, on the flip side, because now I see all the terrible financial decisions that I made, and it wasn't an overnight thing. It was just a little bit here, a little bit there, until I'm in this giant hole in the ground, looking up, and it's like I don't even have a shovel to dig out of this. What am I gonna do? And as I learned. You know, now when I see my brother, like, like, hey, you know, like that financially, brother, I don't think that's sound there. So now it's, I went from, you know, Chuck walking me through that process and guiding me through that process to now I have that under my belt. Like, brother, I don't think what you're doing right there is the right thing. And with that, you need to do what I say. No, I like, Hey, I speak what I see. And then it's up to Chuck what he's going to do with that. And if he doesn't do anything with that and it all falls apart or whatever, you know what? I'm still your brother. It's not like I told you not to do that dummy. (laughs) No, it's like, come on, let's pick the pieces up, man. Let's get through this because this this doesn't change at least this relationship for me. Right. I've already said it. Like time, like nothing is going to take this friendship. Like Chuck could be like, I ain't your friend no more. You can't take that from me. I'm not your brother no more. You can't take that That's from right. me. You will always be my brother mm. no matter what you choose to do. Mm. Like no one can take that except you know, in the end, if which I know Chuck's not going to be, if he was on the other divide, I'm like, all right, I'm sorry, I don't man. think you could be my brother. <laughs> and like, what kind of brother would I be that you're there? Right, you know. Right. Yeah. But anyway, I had, so. a, I had a great friend that we spent 27 years together, uh, never more than 10 miles apart, and uh, he had a uh, he had a great saying. He said, "You may not love me, but you can't stop me from loving you." You know that's what Don was saying. You can't, you can't stop me from being. You just can't stop me because you, you don't, you don't get to control that part of me. I still love you, no matter. Right. That's good. 
I think one other thing with brotherhood, um, it, it's almost, I mean, I go back to what Pastor Keith taught all of us. Like being honorable because you're honorable. Right. Be a brother because that's who you are. Right. Not because of, like, you're not doing the things that I think a brother should do. No. <laughs> no. Like, just you be that guy. Right. Don't go looking for that guy. You be that guy. Well, I think that's the truth on on every aspect yeah. of everything. You yeah. be what you want to see and, and not expect that from someone else. Right. Because it will happen from someone else if you are displaying it. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, the friendships and the reasons why y'all are here is because I wanted a piece of, not a piece of what y'all had, but I wanted something that resembled what y'all had, what Kenny and, and uh, Steve had. I think Kenny and Steve were like, no, no, no bust on Kenny and Steve, but they, their relationship's easy. <laughs> <laughs> One, you know why? Because they don't have me to deal with. Nah, you know, nah. that's why. If they had me in that, in, their, in that to deal with, then they would be like, oh, this is hard. That's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck carries too much baggage with him wherever he goes. Right. But. How do you guys keep your friendship from crossing certain boundaries? For, I'll just tell you, for me, I don't have a boundary uh, that he can't cross. I was going to say, I didn't think this question applied to you guys. No, because like I said, I, I have shared things with Chuck that only God knows. And now Chuck, and that's it. Even to the, like that, you know. So there's, you know, I, I, I was thinking about this on that. Um, when you go through Marine Corps boot camp, one of the first things that you do after, you know, you stand on the yellow footprints, it's where you're in. They cut all your hair off, and then they have you take all your clothes. Well, one, they issue you all your uniforms. You get a sea bag, and you just go through, and they put everything in. And you're in this giant, like, gymnasium type. I mean, it's just open. And I don't know how many guys were there, maybe 100 guys. Um, Maybe 100 guys were there. And what they do, they have you strip everything off, everything like you're there butt naked with all, and you're all in the same boat. You None of you have hair on your head and none of you have hair on your head. But what this is doing is, is stripping you down mentally. It's like what you were, like that's gone. That's in that pile of clothes on the floor. Now, relating this to brotherhood, that's the moment right there. That's the hard mile. That's where it starts. You gotta be vulnerable. You gotta be naked. Like you gotta show, like this is who I really am. This is what I'm really going through. This is what I really think about that. Until you get to that point, like you can't, you can't go to the next step. Mm. You have to go through that process with, like, hey, man, I, I like this is just the pure, like how God made me and who I am and where I'm at moment and you got to strive to get there now you don't like hey scott will you be one of my three and by the way i'm cheating on my wife and i I need a brother in my life like it doesn't work like that right it doesn't work like it's organic you know i I will i will say this too i think that there's the reason that men and i'm maybe delusional about this but i think that there's that's the reason that men don't have great relationships is because they don't they don't get to that point where they're willing to, you know, throw it out there and say, this is what I am. Because each, you know, for 
God put an ego in each one of us men, and there's always a measuring that goes on between men of, you know, how, you know, how am I doing to, compared to him, right? And because of that, you don't, you know, if I'm dealing with some crap, I don't want you to know that I'm dealing with crap because then you might be better than me, you know? And mm-hmm. so that's where the transparency part of it comes in. And so too many times guys, guys don't, they don't put that out there. They don't, they don't put the trust factor out there because they've been stomped on too many times when they've done that. But listen, if you want a brother in your life, you got to continue to do that because if, if I put it out there and I get stomped on, that wasn't the one. Put it out there again, okay? I mean, there's there's the there's the great poem anyway. It says, you know, people will people will abuse you, people will, you know, take advantage of you. To be generous anyway. You know what I mean? People people will um, take you know take take you for granted. You know, be a, be a brother anyway. You know what I mean? It, it's a it's a great it's about you being that way anyway you know what i mean it's not and at the end of the poem it says because in the end it was never about them anyway it's about you it's about do you want a brother in your life if you do you got to do the work you got to put it in you got to you got to pursue and chase and and let him know as i've said many times he's doing all right without me i want him to know how good he's going to be doing with me it's mm, good we are sitting in an hour and 11 minutes on this podcast there's much more and there's so much <laughs> yes. more and it, it it's like that every week uh, but so one of the things that i wish i had done a little bit sooner in my life is find this well it wasn't around when i wanted to do this but i asked my grandfather a long time ago if he would just sit down and, and tell me stories on an audio tape uh but i wasn't sitting in the room with him and he never got around to doing it right so one of the things that uh, i am, have been intentional about thinking about and doing is uh, this is a record for all times. Yeah. So no matter when we stop this podcast and it doesn't go on any further, it will always be around and available for someone to listen to. Yeah. So it's a record, and I'm going to go a little bit little bit different place with you, Chuck. Um, there is an individual in your life and which you grew up with that I would like for you to tell a story about what he meant to you uh, growing up. Um, and just so that he can be a part of, you know, people can hear a part of. So my buddy Farron. So, yeah, uh, I met Farron when I was in probably fifth grade, you know, and, uh, somewhere around there. And, um, uh, you talk about larger in life type of people. He was, he was, uh, he was the funniest person I'd ever met. Um, just witty, just sharp as a, he was the Gordon Keith before there was a Gordon Keith, you know, and um, and um, like I said, we spent uh, we spent 27 years together, uh, never more than 10 miles apart. And I didn't know, I didn't know, I'm an only child, right? So I never had a brother. I didn't know what that was, but I always had a, I always had friends, you know, because if you don't have a brother, you better make some friends, or you're gonna be lonely. And and there w- there was actually two guys, okay. Farron, uh, Farron, 27 years, and then another guy named Norman, who, when I was a freshman in high school, um, he was, he was a, he had graduated a year, and uh, he, 
he was having a hard time and I asked Mom, I said, can Norman come and live with us for a couple of weeks because he's, he's, and Norman ended up staying seven years. You know, I mean, I went to college and he still stayed living with my mom and dad. So, I mean, he was like, but the three of us, I mean, we would throw the mattress in the living room on the floor and the three of us would sleep like the three stooges in there watching TV in front of the evaporated cooler. I mean, we were, we were a, a tight bond, you know. Um, Norman got married, moved, moved off to uh, Nebraska and Colorado. But Farron and I stayed, I mean, I mean, like I said, never more. There's only three times we were ever more than 10 miles apart. One time when I was at, when I was when he was back home and I was in college, that for, and then he came down that that next year and he didn't come down to go to college. He just came down. He's like, man, I need to be down there with you, and he came down. Um, uh, one time he was in San, San Antonio and we were we were up here, and then um, there was another time where I was in San Angelo and he was in San Antonio, and that, and and we were. But we were never more than 10 miles apart in 27 years except for those three times. And those were very brief times. They weren't even full years. Um, and, you know, it was one of those things that as I'm older now and more educated and more mature now, it was things that I've seen in Farron's life that I didn't speak up to as a brother. That, I mean, he was, he was headed down a path. He was very successful and he was headed down the path. And so every night he would have people uh, over to his house, right? And his, his, his formal living, formal dining room had a pinball machine, pool table, <laughs> nice. golden tea. And he was, I mean, but I told him, I said, hey, man, won't you have everybody over at one time instead of having one guy over every night? You know what I mean? And uh, he's like, oh, I just like it that way, man. And he would call me. Now, I mean, we were at the church. We were, we were going different directions in our life, right? And he would call me every night and say, Hey, man, Grace going to be here shooting pool. You want to come down? Oh, man, I'm, I got something I need to go do. And it wasn't, it really wasn't so much that I really had something to go do. I just didn't want to be in that environment. I was, we were going on a different path. I mean, it was drinking every night. And so I just wasn't going that way. Um, but he would call me every night, and his his little brother ended up working for me, and he would Brian would be over there all the time, and Brian would ask Farron, "Hey, why do you call Chuck? He he never comes." And Farron said, "Yeah, but when he does, God, we have such a great time." <laughs> and so it was his job to be the inviter. It was my job to show up, but every time I would show up, we did have such a great time. And so, in his entrepreneurial spirit. Um, he would. He had decided he was going to start selling, uh, renting exotic cars, right? And so, you know, 15 years ago, he he bought a Viper on a Thursday and put it into a tree on Friday, and he was gone. And uh, it was weird, because even though I didn't go down there every night, I knew Farron was just down the road. And now, now he wasn't, you know, and that was a, that was a weird deal. But, uh, I'm, you know, to complete the story, um, we were pretty new to the church at that time and I didn't really know pastor or anything like that. And I, I wanted to have the, the funeral at the church. And that's back when we did, 
you know, we built big stages, and I think that was during the life sentences deal. So we had a we had a jail cell on the t- on, and and pastor said, you know, I I went. Scott finally brought me back to talk to pastor, and I told him, and he said, Well, Chuck, to be honest with you, I, one, <clears throat> I'm, I'm not in town that weekend, right, or whenever that is, whenever the funeral is going to be. I'm not in town. Two, I I don't know him. So I would only be saying what you would say, what you tell me to say. So why don't you just do the funeral? And I'm like, huh? You're going to have me do the funeral for my best friend at the time, right? But it was great. It was great advice. And we ended up having the the funeral at Stonebriar, and it was five, six hundred people came to it. And uh, I knew, as I said at the funeral, I miss him, but I know I'm going to see him again because I was there the day he gave his life to Christ. I know I'll see him again, you know, and you know, his, his little brother, I mean, I lost my best friend, but his little brother lost his hero. The Farron was Brian's hero. You know, there wasn't anything that his brother couldn't do, you know? And so when Brian said he wanted to say something, I said, absolutely. Here's what I ask. Okay. If you start, don't stop. You can, you can crumble on the, front row afterwards but if you start don't stop honor your brother that way right and I said I know you miss him but I want to tell you this if we could get on the phone and we could call Farron he would say I don't want to come back you got to get here you got to make sure that you do everything you can that you get here and that's a tough thing for guys that don't believe as much or doesn't Mm -hmm. believe at all is I miss my brother You'll see him again. This is only a temporary time now. You'll see him again, and we'll see him for and we'll see him forever, right? But you know that was the part that that was the guy that told me, you know, taught me that you know you may not love me, but you can't stop me from loving you. And I'm going to invite you every time because I love you and I want you. I want you to be with me. You know that that's a very impactful relationship in my life yeah absolutely matter of fact so impactful i got his i got his initials on my he's the only tattoo i got is his initials on my on my ankle so yeah thank you for uh sharing thank you. that thank you yeah sorry that was long-winded too. no that was good no, no, no. that's uh that was the purpose uh, we wanted like i said it was just to honor him uh, i know what he meant to you and this whole thing is to honor the brotherhood and and just where we are in our lives right now so no i'll i'll, I'll say this you know, I heard T.D. Jake say he did a podcast or a, a, it's a YouTube video called um, Confidants, Constituents, and uh, Comrades, right? And uh, he says in that deal, he says, if you ever have one, if you have three, 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 however you're supposed to do it today, if you have three in your lifetime that you can call a brother, you should count yourself blessed, right? We're trying to, we're trying to forge three at least at one time with you, you know, because he, T.D. Jakes, Bishop Jakes understood there's seasons and it's going, you know, if I got one in this season, they can walk with me till I get through and I'll find another one. You should count yourself so blessed, man. I'm the most blessed man in the world because I got three right now, you know? And so if we can, if we can continue that path and continue to teach that to guys and know, because it's about being intentional. It's about you wanting to make sure you have three or more. So, Don, you got anything? Any closing? 
You know, uh, I'll just share just real briefly. Um, growing up, uh, my papa Safer, my dad's dad, um, always had a best friend, and his name was Hub. Mm. Um, and, you know, as a kid growing up, like, I just didn't really think anything of it. But, like, when I look back, like, I see, like, my dad is a baby. And it is a Christmas photo with all the men of the family. And there's my my grandfather holding my dad as a baby. And there's Hub. Like, you would think that Hub was, like, one of, like, is that your brother, John? That's my grandfather's name. Is that your brother? You know, if you saw that photo, you would think that he was just part of the family but they always uh were together they went on vacations together they did they went to church together they played guitars at church together sang together and i i didn't know the importance of that honestly until i met chuck and as we started down this this pathway of brotherhood um I started reflecting back, you know, the more I walk down that, the more I'm like, I have seen this mirrored before, and I didn't even, I was not old enough to recognize what I was seeing until now, and I'm like, what a blessing, and this goes for for right now, those that have young men, you know, that they're raising up. They may not understand right now, but one day they're going to look back and go, I remember my dad had a friend who was always around. He was like his brother. Like they were always together, always doing things. And now that I've seen that, I'm like, man, I, I want that in my life. I, I really do. And, and like right now, it's like that's what I want. And the season we're in, the reality we're in, this is the test. Do you really want that? Because you've had it good for, since 2007, however many Four, years. 14 years. Yeah, yeah. 14 years. Walking, you've had, you've had it. Now, things are a little different. This is the test. Do you still want that, Don? And it's funny that I, I'm... Like I'm preaching to myself now. You know, I'm bringing all this to the forefront of my mind. I'm like, remember those thoughts about Hub and your and Papa Safer? Remember that? I want you to remember that, Don. Because you said you wanted that. So in this season, when it's not working how you really want it it's to good. work, remember that. Mm, it's good. So, it's so good. good. Thank you. Absolutely. Alan, what do we got next week? Next week, we will be visiting with Joe Robinette and Mr. Eric Rona. Mm. Mm, that's champions right there. Yeah. Yeah. Would that uh, be something that Kenny has? We've raised a bar. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt we've raised a bar. Uh, y'all, uh, I appreciate y'all so much and and who y'all are and where y'all are. Uh, there was a, some intentionality on, on y'all coming in. And, um, you yeah, know, I, I thank you again. You know, since you've been here and you prayed us out, maybe we can have Don Absolutely. have the honor this week and pray us out. Great honor. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just, one, I thank you for just to be in a room with, with just great men. And I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to walk out uh, what a, a 
brotherhood, what a friendship should, a godly friendship should look like, Lord. I thank you for that. I pray, Lord, that um, you get all the glory in this. You know, I'm a broken man and a broken vessel that you have used, Lord. And may this be encouraging for other men that they will go and forge relationships that happen organically, that they are intentional about it, Lord, and that you would open the doors and give them eyes to see those doors that are open for other godly men in their lives, Lord, because we were not made to be alone, Lord, and we need not only wives in our lives, but brothers in our lives as well, Lord. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We give you all the honor and glory. Amen. 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 Amen.